Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. didn't get to talking about the scripture in Nehemiah about rebuilding the wall. So this week I want to talk about rebuilding the wall. And it is very imperative that we spend a little bit of time talking about this in Nehemiah chapter two, the, the scripture reads thus, then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. And in the message version of the same chapter, it says, then I gave them my report. Face it. We're in a bad way here. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. Yeah, and because that word reproach means disappointment or disgrace or disapproval, an expression of reproof and discredit or blame incurred. And because we as people of God who represent the very nation of God, the very name of the Lord, when we are uh, laid waste and when our everything that we represent is in ruin, then it is a disgrace and it is a discredit and it does show the disapproval of God. Whenever the walls of the city of God or the people of God uh, are laid waste, that does represent the disapproval of God upon his people. And our walls do need, our spiritual walls around the, uh, the people of God do need to be rebuilt because they are torn down. They are laid waste. If you think about it, that as a as a people of God, and I mean collective people of God, there are many things that we have let God down uh, when we're in this walk with him. We have not upheld his standard of righteousness. We have not upheld his name. We have not proclaimed his truth. We have not been the light of the world, the salt of the earth that he called us to be. There is not that standard bearer in the earth. The kingdom of God should be proclaimed by the people of God, but we have gone along to get along. We have walked in the place where the sinners walk, set in the seat where the sinners sit, sit, done what the sinners do. We start talking about uh, amending our church constitutions because they pass laws that are against the truth of God. So we need to adjust the, the word of God does not evolve. As we said last week, it doesn't evolve and change. We need to rebuild the walls of holiness and righteousness. I know that when 
people come into a nation, we'd like them to assimilate, but we now are so politically correct that we are afraid to say that people need to, if you come to America, you should speak its language. If you come to America, you should like its culture. And we get offended or we worry about offending people to say that. God is never worried about offending us when it comes. If you come over into the kingdom of God, then you need to walk like he says, walk and talk like he says, walk, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what he requires of us. But because we have trampled underfoot the word of God, and because we have thought that we could do this thing our own way, then the walls, the defense of our, of our city, of the, of the spiritual city of God is laid waste. And because of it, then you find the people of God being defenseless and you find the enemy lurking and, and coming in and laying siege upon the things of God and the people of God and wreaking havoc in the church of God. Never before have you seen such immorality. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. Mm-hmm. Never before have you seen such immorality and, and sin rampant in the church because there are no walls that defense. That wall is not just a defense to keep certain things out, but it also keeps certain things inside the wall, the church of God, the things that are, are holy and the things that are righteous and sacred to the, to the cause of Christ stay in and that which you don't want to get in stays out. Those walls are really important. The walls, the Bible speaks of them as salvation. So the walls are your deliverance and your salvation and your defense. And the walls are also the values that we hold. It's also the way of life that we have. And you mentioned that it is a standard and it is those things are our defense that God has said, these are your defense. This is your shield. This is your buckler. This, these, this wall is, is what's keeping you safe. And so when we allow ourselves to be, uh, to give ourselves over to anything other than what God says, when we find ourselves compromising, then the wall is torn down brick by brick. Mm. And you know, when you talked about, and when you talk about Nehemiah, you know, it talked about those walls were burned down burned. with fire. And in order for them to rebuild that wall, they had to take brick by brick restore it wipe off the burnt the ashes and the things that that was on that wall symbolizing that it was burned up they had to take those bricks and restore them and put them back in place and strengthen them and so that we need we need Fortify. that we need that everybody get back in place get back in their positions the pastor preached the word of god the the ushers and the and word the, the, of the god deacons and and live in a godly we need to put we get back in position on the same foundation in which was built with Jesus Christ being the head, the chief cornerstone. We need to build upon that foundation. But what we have allowed to happen is that we have allowed the enemy not only to tear down our walls, but he's now setting up rule. And that's what happened even in Nehemiah. They had, I guess it was Tobias or one of them. They had a room in the temple mm. and it wasn't until Nehemiah came back to cast them out we have allowed the principles of the world to take over in the principle uh, in the church tearing down the walls and now god is saying no 
kick that out, replace it with what I said. Well, build upon that foundation. Because no other foundation can any man lay than what has already been laid. God is the foundation. His truth is the cornerstone. And you have to build upon that foundation that's already been laid. We're not looking for a new foundation. The foundation stands sure. The foundation is stable. The foundation is the word of God. You get back to the word of God and you rebuild upon that. And, and we're talking about a spiritual uh, found a spiritual walls because in Isaiah, it says in Isaiah 60 that thou shall call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. You have to get back. And so how, when you say the walls have been destroyed, the salvation, the deliverance and the praise of God has been destroyed out of the temple. I mean, when we start talking about there's many ways to God, listen, there's still only one way That's to right. God. His name is still Jesus. You got to come through the door. You come any other way. You come a as thief. a thief and a robber. There is one way to God. We have allowed the enemy to chip away at the very walls, the salvation, the foundation of God. And you, and then you wonder why is this thing laid in waste? Because you have compromised the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you wonder where is the power when you get back to preaching the blood and the truth and the word of God, you'll see the power moving and the spirit moving. You wonder why do we come in sick and why do we come in depressed and why do we come in overwhelmed and we leave out the same way because there's no fire at that altar. Build back up those walls. I mean, wind is blowing all through your place, not the wind of God, but the wind of the world. And it's blowing through their sin and ungodliness and unrighteousness. And you begin to think you need to adjust the word to accommodate the world. I mean, I've never seen such today, Luana. It it is like that we want to go accommodate everything that the world does. I mean, we are adjusting our services, the way we worship, the the amount of time we worship, how we worship. Listen, I'm not talking about you don't want to, you know, be be a little bit forward thinking and and have things move forward. But you, you don't go change the very truth of God. You don't compromise the very foundation of the truth of his word. I mean, so what if the truth of God offends some? You had to be offended when you came over here. He had to tell you that you stunk and all your righteousness was as filthy rags. So it's still the truth for other people as well. You get over here and he will make you right. This is the truth of God. You can't stay over here like you are. You can come as you are, but you have to allow him to clean you up. You can't stay as you come as you are but you will be transformed. You can't stay over here as you are and be comfortable. And that's the problem. People sit up in our churches and they never have been transformed and they don't get transformed and they're comfortable sitting there. I mean, we have people leading after their own way and preaching, not the truth of God, but preaching after the flesh. And we love to have it. So Mm, that's what the Bible says. Your ears begin to tickle because now they're pleasing the flesh instead of pleasing the, the, uh, the soul. You're absolutely right. This, they're tickling the flesh. You have tingling ears instead of pleasing the Lord. What What is it the word's going to say? If the word is going to offend me, then I don't want to hear it. If the word is telling me that I'm not living right, I don't want to hear that. But the truth of the Lord endures forever. And it will be that when the word is preached, that it will convict and it will turn the heart of men back to the Lord. You know, one of the things, too, when I was looking at the book of, of Nehemiah, do you know? 
know who helped build that wall? It was women and men built everybody the wall. Everybody built the wall. Built everybody the wall. had everybody a part to play. Everybody had his part because why? Right where you live, that's the wall where you build. You didn't go over somewhere else to do it. You stayed right there and you built that section of the wall where you lived. And it wasn't just only the men doing it. It wasn't just only the women, but they were standing shoulder to shoulder building that wall. And while one was building, the other one was standing at attention to keep their eye on the enemy to make sure if the enemy is coming that the trumpet will be blown and that everybody will rise up and begin to fight and this is the time that we're in right now the trumpet is blowing and everybody's going to have to stand up and fight we're in the position of warfare right now because the enemy has come and is trying to be trying to defeat us but the bible says that upon this rock i built my church and the very gates of hell will not prevail against it but we as the people of god has to stand on on that word and begin to fight we have to fight while we're building up this wall because just as it was in nehemiah there were two people that came to try to hinder the work of god but nehemiah was very focused and said i don't have time to come down and bicker and argue with you but i'm going to stay up on this wall and i'm going to build and that's what we have to do today there's so much that is coming against the body of christ we are not we we're really despised in the eyes of the world because we are living and we're trying to hold up the standard of God, but we are being despised right now, but we have to keep plugging away and saying that we're going to rebuild this wall. We're going to restore people's lives. We're going to talk about heaven and hell. We're going to talk about salvation. We're going to talk about those things that will enrich the lives of the individual, but we have to stand up and we got to begin to proclaim that word. And you know, in Nehemiah, when they were building the wall, rebuilding the wall, the Bible says that they had a they had their tool in one hand to do the building of the rebuilding of the wall and they had their sword in the other hand That's they were right. ready to fight you you better know that this rebuilding is going to take some fighting it's going to take some prayer yes. and some fighting some determination some some stick-to-itiveness some tenacity you've got to have the tenacity of a Nehemiah that says I will not come down I'm doing a great work for the Lord and I cannot come down. There's going to be a whole lot of Sanballats and Tobias and Gershoms that want to come meet with you, that want to confer with you, that want you to join their march march and their revolution, that want you to get in with their protest, that want you to get in with their cause, but you need to be about your father's business and do what he has called you to do. You're doing a great work for God. You don't have time to come down and march with those who are doing things that are not for the city of yes. God and for moving forward the cause of Christ. I mean, they keep wanting to confer with you. They keep wanting to have counsel with you. And when that doesn't work, they'll try something else. Then they challenge the very authority with which he was rebuilding the wall. They wanted to know, how do you even have the authority to be doing what you're doing? And isn't that what they tell us in the world today? Uh -huh. That you don't have the right to preach the truth of God. You don't have the right. Remember in Texas when the mayor came against the uh, the preachers in that city in Houston and she wanted to have every sermon sent to her and they absolutely refused thank God but she wanted to check over what they were preaching listen and I thank God that they said we are we don't have time That's to right. send you that if you want to hear the message come, come into our church and we'll <laughs> preach it every Sunday morning we'll give it to you every Wednesday night but we are not going to stop what we're doing to come down to give a conference to you and that's exactly what Nehemiah
Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work, work and I cannot come down. We need some more people with a tool in the left hand and with a sword in the right hand or the tool in the right hand and the sword in the left hand that said, I will not, I cannot come down. I'm doing the work of the Lord and you need to be about your father's business. And what you said is that everybody had a thing that they were doing because the and Bible everybody said, had a gift. Every, the Bible says we are fitly joined together. Yes. Every member supplying to the body that which God has given you to supply. You need to quit leaving people in the corner and leaving them on the back and thinking that it's us for and no more. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a gift to, to use. Everybody has a ministry to minister. You say, how can we engage them all? Listen, if they're not to be engaged, why do he send them to you? All of us are fitly joined together. Together, every everyone supplying. He didn't say most of us. He didn't say, you know, only the men, only the women, only the young. I mean the elderly too, the old people, the young people. Everyone is fitly joined together. If they are a part of the body, there's a part that they have to contribute to the whole of this thing working. You wonder why do we not have anyone doing this and that in the church? It's the ministries that you've overlooked. Go back and see what it is God has given them to do. And I guarantee to you what you think you're missing is sitting there being unused you know what i remember of a of a scene that i saw at, at the uh wright patterson of the united states air force base when they had all the, the the it was the museum and they had the women they they had the women of germany and this was the title of this particular scene it says the women of the rubble mm. and these were women who were very poor women that probably was cast aside but they saw the need to rebuild that city and what they did was they worked day and night to take those bricks and restore them and put them back in place they were called the women of the rubble they were not going to have their city broken down they weren't going to have their city city being in disgrace they weren't going to have their city looking poor and having no future for the young people that come along and we need to be the women of the rubble where we take the the wall the bricks that have been broken down and begin to start replacing the principles of God the values of God began to start teaching them to the young and began to teach them in the in the church men began to teach the men about how to live and how to be a good husband and and how to work and women teaching women there is a work that has to be done and God's word solves all our problems we can't look to someone else to solve our problems but in the word of God that word that endures forever that word that is timeless that's from everlasting to everlasting that is the word that we use to build up the wall our cities our nation depend upon the restoration of the of the wall it depends upon the people of God getting back in position and working and praising God and standing with the gift of discernment to know when the enemy is trying to attack that they're able to blow the trumpet in Zion and that we all come together as one doing warfare against that enemy I mean you've got to be able to see how the church is now being attacked I mean they want like you said for us to be tolerant of them and for everything but when it comes to what we believe in and how we stand no one is tolerant of us and we got to begin to stand and proclaim the word of God and not be ashamed Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ he said because it is the power of God unto salvation and this is the part I like he said in it it reveals righteousness 
righteousness. What he's saying that in the word of God, you'll learn how to live. Mm. And that's what we need to do. That's the reason why he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, because I need to know the way of righteousness. And if you want to know the way of righteousness, begin to read the word of God. And you will find that that word will, will correct your missteps. That word will correct your wrong thinking. That word will cause you to be prosperous. I mean, God is calling us to this place where we need to know who he is and begin to rise up and not lay way to the enemy. Amen. We have got to do what is right in the eyes of yes. God and get back to the holiness of Jesus Christ. We have got to get back to what he has called us to do. Think about it. God has been setting them up all along to bring them back yes. to himself. He called Esther and put her in place, not just to help her deliver the people of God at that time from Haman, but also to set her up as the king's That's wife right. so that when Nehemiah came seeking permission of the king to go back and rebuild the walls, there was a queen sitting by the king who's, who loved the people of God because she was That's one of them. Right. And he gave them the, and God Amen. gave the favor of the people of God to the king and he sent them back not only only with the permission to rebuild, but he gave them everything they needed to rebuild. And watch what God will do when we all come together to rebuild the walls for the city of God that we might see the reproach that is upon us rolled away and the favor of God come back unto us. I speak life over the cause of Christ, the people of God. We shall live and not die. I speak life. destroy to heal and to annihilate the cause of Christ and to wipe us off the face of the earth but thanks be unto God who calls always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus he will not be successful his cause is defeated we proclaim it and decree it we will be all that God has dreamed us to be I speak 
life. Amen. You know, I'm going back to even when you were talking about the giftings that we all have a hand in this gospel of Jesus Christ. We all have a hand in building up the wall. And I, it re, put me in remembrance of Ephesians 4, starting at the 11th verse and going down even to the 12th and part of 13. And it talks about this. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And this is the purpose in which he had given them. He said, I gave them basically for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ this is the reason why we need everybody working and building up on that wall because we all have something to give uh, in, in the work of the ministry so we want to encourage you to seek the counsel of God. What is it? What's my part in building that wall? We know one that we're to live a holy lifestyle. We're supposed to be walking in righteousness God. and not being ashamed of the and gospel of Jesus Christ. And whatever he called you to do, let there be a yes and an amen in your spirit. And may every pastor want to see all of its people, all of the people in your congregation busy doing the work of the ministry. It takes nothing away from you for all of us to be actively engaged in doing what God is not just busy, but doing what God has equipped us to do. Build up the wall. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this time and this moment. We thank you, dear Lord, for the awakening that you have given unto us. We thank you, dear Father, for being good and being kind and being wonderful and being a loving God. We thank you that, Father God, that you do nothing without first, dear Father, telling your prophets, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, oh God. So we thank you, oh Lord, that you're calling us back to you, that you're turning our hearts back to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that this nation, dear Father, will be the nation that was built upon your principles, that we will be that nation, that one nation under God, indivisible, that we'll be that nation that stands upon the principles of God in which it was Amen. built upon, Father, that we are no longer ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for therein is the power of salvation. And Father, therein, dear God, is righteousness revealed. We thank you, Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, that in your word we'll know what to do. We'll know what to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. We'll know how to build, God. We thank you that you're calling your people to build up the wall, dear Father, and you will cause, dear Father God, the, the people of God to not only build, but, Father God, that you will provide, dear Father, that which we need to build up this wall in our nation, Father God, that the people of God, your Lord, oh God, will have the place to praise you and the place, dear Father, to magnify your name, that God, that we would be that one, dear Father, that will glorify your name in the earth, dear Father, that will cause those who, dear Father, who are incredulous and those who are in, unpersuadable, that God, that their hearts will be turned, dear God, back towards you, Lord, that the standards of Jesus Christ, the standards of righteousness will once again be lifted up in the name of Jesus and that the hearts, dear Father, will be condemned convicted father that we will know the right way to live that we're not calling right wrong and wrong right dear father that we'll know the difference between truth and a lie dear God that we're no longer steeped in idolatry oh father God causing others dear father God or honoring others word than more than we honor you father but that God you will be first in our lives oh God that we would have dear father God a respect for human life dear father God that we will love the things that you love and hate
hate the things that you hate, God, that our prayers we will see, dear Father, the manifestations of the things that we will pray for, that we see those signs and wonders that you have spoken of, God. We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.